voices. We hear them every day. Some voices, like mine, are smooth and comforting. While, on the other hand, the Chad and Cheese podcast is like listening to a Nickelback album. You'd rather stab yourself in the ears with an ice pick. Anyway, you're now listening to Voices, a podcast series from Chad and Cheese that features the most important and influential voices within the recruitment industry. Try not to fuck it up, boys. How would you like to oversee $1 billion in corporate expenses? How about doing it in your mid-20s for a giant Silicon Valley company? This episode finds our friend Rakeem Morris, CEO and founder at Our Work, doing just that. Additionally, we explore the early days of his journey as an entrepreneur. It's an exploration that would lead him to even bigger things. Another inspiring episode that'll have you craving for the next one. So how did, how did that set you up for you know, your time at Google? What was the transition? Did they recruit you? Yeah, you know what? I I was recruited. That's the crazy thing. Uh, I got a either an email or LinkedIn. No, it was an email, and I showed my friend like that's an at Google dot com email address. I didn't know they actually had Google dot com like email addresses. So that surprised me because I'm thinking I don't know. It just surprised me that. Did you think it'd be Gmail? I mean, what did you think it'd be? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yes, actually, that's exactly it. I thought I get an email from a Gmail address. I'm like, this is official. This is from Google dot com. Uh, and, um, I did the interview. Um, I, I did something I never do in an interview, which is that I, I told the uh, like eventually who will be my skip level report, uh, manager rather. I, um, I told him I wanted to draw on the whiteboard, uh, the solution to it. And he loved it. Well, what was the problem? You're talking about drawing a solution. What was the problem? Uh, <laughs> that's another good question. Okay. So the, the question was, all right, let's say Google AdWords is making different gross margins in the United States and Canada. Tell me uh, what are the top two or three drivers for that? And and the, so the crazy thing is that I didn't know what AdWords was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. I was literally 30 minutes before the interview. And then something, I was going online, I was like searching, like I forget what it was, but uh, I got some recommendation to like open up an AdWords account. So I opened up an AdWords account immediately before my interview. I set it up. Uh, I went through a couple of different options. And yeah, lo and behold, I go into the interview and the question is about AdWords. And I explained it to him. It's such a level of depth that probably shocked him. Probably more than he like knows. Like not because he's like not a smart person. It's because I like like literally had just read the manual on it. <laughs> uh, and so going into like depth about these terms on the whiteboard, uh, I was really into it, and it worked out. Obviously, um, and I got the job. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't ask you. How do we save Google Plus? Because it was in 2012. <laughs> If if only they had asked you that, it might still be around today. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, it's funny. Uh, actually, for some reason, me and my friends at Google, uh, we're all Googlers at this point. We uh, we try to like prop up Google Plus, and we like actually like used it as our main social media tool for like a year. You and Chad, I think Chad was heavy on the Google. Plus. It would be a Chad, right? Horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> So were you were you AdWord were you working on AdWords like what what did you do at Google what did you start doing what did you end up doing Oh yeah so my first job uh, I had at Google um, I had a job that was listed as an FP&A job 
but it was completely different from any job I ever did at GE. This is a job where I had to go to directors, VPs, and even the CIO to ask them, all right, what do you plan to spend your money on? What are the projects and initiatives you're having for your team? And then I would have to report these metrics and operational data to them. It was like, what kind of, and then also I approved literally every single expense. So uh, all of uh, all the, the area I looked over uh, was $1.2 billion of expenses. Uh, about half of that was, yeah, it's ridiculous. I was like 25, 26 years old. $1.2 billion of expenses. Yeah, I'm, going, like, literally, I'm going in and approving each one of these like requests for, like I'm the gatekeeper for all this money. And I would do it on the bus down from Mountain View, or rather from San Francisco. <laughs> you didn't take the bar? <laughs> I didn't take the bar. It was on the Google buses. And I approved all that spent. And then I would have to tell people, um, again, I'm like very young, telling directors, and VPs asking them to stop spending money. And they're just like looking at me like, who are you? Um, <laughs> uh, looking back at that job, I shouldn't have had that job. Like knowing what I know now, especially running this company for as long as, as I have and, and seeing the growth, I should have never had that job. It was, it was no, like <laughs> it, I, I shouldn't have had it. But anyways, that was my first job or that's like my, my primary job I had at Google. Was that when they showed you the money printing machine at Google <laughs> that just... I'm staying. Yeah, I'm staying. Yeah, that was yeah. well. That was one of the biggest differences between uh, GE and Google. Uh, GE, bet. every single penny is kind of that company, and mm-hmm. they're so good with their financial controls. Uh, it's exceptional. Uh, and you go to Google, and people are spending uh, five thousand dollars on a Frodo statue they want to give to one of their engineers. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a true story. You wouldn't have just pulled that out. <laughs> just like, I'm not sure if I can approve this. <laughs> ah, a uh, fucking Frodo statue. Ah, it's that's a, awesome. it was the biggest difference. Uh, and so they were just so willy nilly with their uh, with their uh, with their money. Uh, relatively so, of course. Uh, but when you have profit margins of what ninety whatever percent it is, uh-huh. uh, it's very easy to be that. I was going to say careless, but um, yes, frivolous, less stringent is uh, frivolous with your money. Frivolous. Yeah, yes. there you so, go. How, how in the hell did you find yourself to this industry? I mean, you were you had one point two billion dollars of expenses that you actually had control over. I mean, that's really what it was. He's segueing you to Harvard. I think <laughs> this is what Chad's doing. How did you get into that? Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, it was all with IT, uh, and that's the last thing I want to mention before I go into like what I'm doing today. So it was IT, and the way that IT is, and by the way, with that $1.2 billion, I want to be very clear, over half of that was salaries. I can't really do anything with that. So that's just like, you got to just like approve that. Uh, but, um, uh, and so with the IT, uh, which was where I was doing all this work uh, in, in finance uh, and operations with uh, at Google, there's an IT team for each of the teams that are at Google. So let's say there is an Android team or a finance team or a uh, real estate team. There's a corresponding IT team uh, for those teams at Google. And so not only was it $1.2 billion in IT expenses, it was across the entire company. And I had to interact with each of those managers to understand how they're spending their money, what are the main operational metrics of each of their teams, uh, uh, their initiatives for the year, uh, what they're doing to you know, uh, excite their teams. It was, uh, I, I just got a lot of insight across the business, surprisingly, <laughs> uh, from this position, which is another outcome uh, that I, I couldn't have anticipated in the beginning. And so uh, I know I wanted to get my MBA. 
I also knew very early on that I wanted to start a company. Uh, and it's mostly based on my personality type that I knew I needed to start a company. I was pretty certain about it uh, over the summer of 2015. Um, that's the summer before I, I got my MBA. And uh, right before that, I took an Amtrak trip from California to um, to the East Coast in New York. Good God. Amtrak across the country. It was, uh, it was actually, I loved it. I did. It was my first solo trip too. And I just needed to like get away from work for, for a bit. Uh, and so there's this deal where if you pay them 500 bucks, they give you these 10 passes where you can get on and off the train at anywhere that you want. Uh, and so I had mapped my entire journey across the United States. Uh, I went through Arizona, down to Texas. Uh, I saw a ton of historical landmarks, uh, some that I, I, I guess I, I thought I would see later in my life, but I happened to see it then. Uh, the Lorraine Holt Motel, where Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Uh, w- was shot. I went to uh, the Central High School, Little Rock, uh, in Little Rock, uh, with the uh, you know, story there that we all uh, that we, well, we know about. Uh, I visited uh, the World War II Museum in Louisiana, which is an incredible museum. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I never thought I w- would be so into a museum, and that was really great. Uh, and I also went to a plantation for the first time uh, and saw that. Uh, and so I saw all these sites across the United States right before I went to school, and it made my decision to become an entrepreneur uh, even more certain. Uh, that tr- really solidified it for me. What was your first nibble on entrepreneurialism? Is there a story as a kid that you were hustling? What, what What's the seed that planted that? Yeah, this is another great question. A lot of these answers, again, I, have, I haven't thought about these in so long. I wrote about this in my Cornell essay. So I'm from upstate New York, Albany, New York again. I have been shoveling people's porches since as long as I can remember. And so I would just go around my neighborhood, walk door to door, uh, knock on their front door, say, hey, you know, I'll shovel your porch for a dollar. It always started at a dollar. Uh, and then I eventually I would go through the whole thing, uh, finish, and then they would feel so guilty that I did the whole thing by myself. As like a seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 year old, uh, that they would give me much more than a dollar. And so I would do that every single time that it snowed. And it was like the one reason why I looked forward to uh, uh, when it snowed in upstate New York, uh, so that's my first my first taste. Money, money. So you it, you felt like you you needed a, a Harvard MBA to do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Uh, well, so I I at that time, so this is actually the, the truth of it. Uh, I looked up um, who gets funded for companies, and it's people <laughs> who got their MBAs from My Harvard man does and Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> and so I literally applied to the Harvard um, <laughs> um, <laughs> for my MBA program. And then fortunately, obviously, I uh, got accepted and graduated. <laughs> That's a really quick uh, breeze of Harvard MBA. What what did like what was your experience there? Did uh, was was it what you thought it would be? Was like talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So my Harvard MBA experience, I had a great experience uh, going to that school. It did bring to light a lot of different, let's say, uh, inequalities about the world, just different ways of living. My mom made about $20,000 a year supporting three siblings. And you can imagine just the things that it's just not a lot of money. It's not at the poverty level, but it's fairly close to it. I'm in a class now of 90 people. Uh, there's like several people in the class where it's it's just like public knowledge that their parents are billionaires. And it's just, it's just, and they're like, 
actually a pretty like awesome people. I, I love these people. Uh, it was just really, it was just funny that that's just like the case where not, not one, but multiple of them. And also uh, sons and daughters of CEOs of companies, household names that you know of. And then also there's this thing where people go on foreign trips on the weekend. And <laughs> uh, so every weekend you're like going to Iceland or Chile or to Colombia or somewhere halfway around the world and this is the first time where I'm like, okay, well, maybe <laughs> there's like a hangover effect of growing up so poor. I just can't go to a new country every single weekend. Uh, and so I did miss out on a couple of different, let's say, excursions with my classmates uh, because it was getting really expensive to, to go to school in addition to the opportunity cost of going, getting your MBA, not working for two years. They're now spending all this money, all this these, this travel and trips. I, at a certain point in time, I definitely felt as if I'm the poor kid going to uh, get my MBA at Harvard. Did you feel yeah. like their level of commitment was the same as yours, or did you feel like they're just here because you know Daddy says they have to go to Harvard? It's a good question too. Uh, you know, I mean, it's maybe a bit like controversial, but if people took the MBA degree seriously, they can get so much out of it. People didn't take it seriously enough when I went. And it's so funny because nowadays I'm like going back in my cases, whether it's a module note or actual case itself, I'm reading it, understanding it and thinking this would have been really helpful to um, uh, unpack these concepts when I was in school and talk to my peers and learn from them. And at the same time, uh, maybe I just didn't find my group of people who were like that, who took it more seriously, uh, at least the concepts and the actual like academic exercise of studying and understanding business businesses. That's the, uh, I, I don't think that they went to school because of, you know, daddy's money or like, uh, you know, or, or mommy's money for that matter. Uh, or because, you know, they, you know, want another shiny thing on their resume. They went there because, well, they had money. The school would accept them because maybe, well, I don't know. <laughs> Let's say all they that. They had but, money. Go ahead. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> I, this is a public. Uh, <laughs> I want to go back to school and actually do some like class sessions and like <laughs> be invited back. But um, uh, I'm kidding about that. Uh, but I don't think they're doing it for that reason. Uh, it actually is a, a really fine education that you get in school. Now you you did meet someone. I'm assuming someone named Robert Snyder at Harvard. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So uh, Rob Snyder is my co-founder of the business. We worked together, by the way, on four years in this. Uh, he's an advisor with us now, um, but um, uh, we're, uh, we're working quite closely. Rob Snyder, I when I was working on this, um, I uh, had written a paper and I was on the look for a co-founder for the company. And I am an early bird. I wake up since time immemorial, uh, at least for me. I wake up very early in the morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, just a relic of the past. Uh, and so that's what I do. So I'm always up in the morning. Uh, the Harvard Innovation Lab is their incubation for uh, Center for Startups at, at Harvard. And it opens up at 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and so I was always up. Maybe I've like, uh, worked out and done my whole routine at 7 o'clock in the morning. And there's only one other person there at 7 o'clock in the morning. It was Rob Snyder. And we began to, well, just have conversations pretty much every day of the week. And uh, yeah, we were the only two people at the Harvard Innovation Lab uh, that early. And so we struck up a, a friendship. And he's from upstate New York as well, right? He's, I think he was born there. He was born in Buffalo. Big Bills fan. He is a big Bills fan. Yeah. yeah uh, like a diehard uh, Bills fan. Uh, even even a fan of them when they're not winning. Uh, but they've had a lot of really great seasons recently. And so he's from upstate New York. Uh, eventually, I think that uh, his him and his family moved to Ohio, um, not too far away. Yeah, we had that connection as well. 
can find more episodes of Voices, the Chad and Cheese podcast series devoted to stories and opinions of industry leaders by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts or just visit chadcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.